0: Welcome to the Confab. I'm Eric Felton. This is where the editors and writers of the Weekly Standard get together to talk about what's in the magazine, what's in the news, and whatever else may be on our minds. It's the Confab's election palooza edition. Fred Barnes is going to tell us all about why the GOP loss in the Virginia gubernatorial contest has Republicans on Capitol Hill in a cold sweat. And then we'll talk with Michael Warren about whether anyone in the White House thinks the president bears any responsibility for Republicans' bad showing at the polls. All that, coming up on The Confab. We get The Confab going with Mr. Fred Barnes, executive editor of The Weekly Standard. Fred, welcome to The Confab. Thank you very much. We were in this very studio on Tuesday for the Daily Standard podcast looking at the question of that day's election, mm-hmm. particularly in Virginia, and the buzz going into that election was that the Democrats were freaking out that they might actually lose the governorship yeah. in Virginia. Um, it didn't work out that way, did no, it? No, it
1: didn't. No, not at all. And uh, and Democrats can thank uh, Donald Trump and his wild and woolly behavior for uh creating this wave you know no one expected a wave election that's when uh you know people go out and, uh, and vote for anybody who <laughs> even is distantly related politically uh to the person they don't like usually the president donald trump you know you, you go out and you vote for somebody against the republican somebody whose name you've never even seen before <laughs> you vote for them uh and this is what happened in virginia
0: Now, Ed Gillespie, the Republican candidate, um, ran what was by all accounts a really pretty good campaign. Yeah,
1: indeed. It got him nowhere. (laughs) It was as if he were campaigning for some election uh, that didn't happen. In other words, uh, he he was being um, non-ideological and he was establishing himself as as basically, you know, not some right-wing Republican and and someone who could appeal to uh, educated voters and and, and things like that. Waste of breath. (laughs) He he was, you know, this undertow of anti-Trump feeling, uh, which created a record turnout in Virginia uh, in a governor's race, uh, meant that everything that. Ed was saying and doing very seriously and even what Ralph Northam, the lieutenant governor who actually won the election uh, it was it was a waste of time listening to it. I mean nobody knew this undertow was there it's, it's hard to predict wave elections they never get uh, predicted but you know on election day Gillespie lost by nine points strange people were elected to the House of Delegates almost changing uh, the uh, the flipping it uh, in the Democratic hands, which was deemed unthinkable. They'll have to figure out who the speaker will be. But uh,
0: now it seems that Ed Gillespie had a strategy, though, and his strategy mm-hmm. was to adopt some Trumpy issues: mm-hmm. um, immigration, mm-hmm. gangs. Yeah, again, yeah, these as, are
1: not necessarily yeah. Trumpy issues, though. I mean, these are issues: immigration. And crime are issues that have been around for a long time, right. and they, and particularly crime and anti-crime <coughs> ads have been used against Democrats forever. And there are times that they work, and there are times that they don't. And this was one of the times they didn't. Well, Gillespie
0: kept his distance from Trump. Didn't have Trump come into the state. Could he? Was there anywhere he could have run that would have been far <laughs> enough away to avoid getting washed up with this wave election?
1: Uh, Ed Gillespie? Yeah, no. I mean, it was going to happen. Uh, we just didn't know it. Uh, I likened it to uh, a uh, stock market crash. Uh, I mean, you always know that's possible, but you're never expecting it today. And it does. And all of a sudden, you're worth uh, about 75 percent of what you were the day before. Uh, and and this is an election that no one predicted uh, on the Morning Joe show on on uh, on NBC or MSNBC rather, all the panelists there predicted that Gillespie would win uh, because almost all the polls showed it in a dead heat right and uh,
0: Gillespie had overperformed his poll numbers in the previous uh, Virginia state race that he had run
1: yeah in 2004 when he lost very very narrowly to Democratic Senator Mark Warner. And he had – and his campaign was somewhat similar this time. He was trying to establish himself uh, and, and as a real non-ideological moderate rather than a conservative, and uh, which wasn't true the first time. But, you know, he had a, a very serious campaign on issues and then kind of a, a finishing kick where he gets a little tougher. And, and, and he's lost both times doing that, but not by as much as he did. A, a few days ago, with this Trump uh, anti-Trump wave, uh, I mean it really it really was pretty strong. Uh, I certainly didn't predict it. I actually, when pressed, uh, who who I thought would win, I thought Northam would win, but I didn't think it was going to affect the House of Delegates or or people just going out. They didn't care who they were voting for as long as it was it, it, it There wasn't, wasn't somebody, an R uh, there. Yeah, but it, it, if they were associated with Trump, then forget it.
0: We were talking on Tuesday about the Democratic freakout. Mm-hmm. How big a Republican freakout is there going on on Capitol Hill this I would, week?
1: I would say um, somewhere between huge and enormous. Uh, it's, on a zero to 10 <laughs> scale. <laughs> yeah. zero it's being nine or nine. 10. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, uh, the Republicans didn't expect it. They were shocked. And and they already have a phenomenon. And I mean, they knew they were going to have some trouble with Trump uh, as president, being reasonably unpopular, uh, that this would affect them in the 2018 elections. They didn't think it was going to affect them in the 2017 elections. However, Uh, I mean, my solution is for I mean, Trump has to clean up his act. It's not his agenda that's a problem. I mean, Republicans going for a tax cut and Republicans trying to change Obamacare, if not get rid of it entirely. Those are, I mean, those don't amount to that much as issues that are going to freak out people. But an awful lot of people are freaked out by Trump's conduct, by the tweets, by the meanness, by the insults. Do you really
0: uh, think that it's possible for him to change in those fundamental ways?
1: Oh, I make an important distinction. It's unrealistic to expect that. Not impossible. You know, Trump's a uh, a rational man. Uh, A lot of people don't believe that. I certainly do. He thinks what he has been doing, the tweeting all the time, that this is in his interest and in, and in his, the, the interest of his presidency and presumably in the interest of, of the country. He doesn't mind being different uh, from earlier presidents. He doesn't care whether he doesn't reflect the same temperament uh, that nearly all of them have had and, and the American people have come to expect. Uh, he thinks he, he can be president effectively in a different way. Well, he can't, uh, I think. Uh, I mean, I've I've lived in the Washington area my whole life, and here you just expect a certain kind of conduct, whether it comes from a Democrat or a Republican, uh, and you don't see it with Trump. This is what created the wave. It wasn't because people were saying, I'm angry at the Trump tax cut (laughs) that had nothing to do with it. It's the way he is, the way he acts, his behavior, his belligerence, his tweeting, his insults. Uh, I could continue this list for the rest of the show. Well, given but, given but, how
0: unrealistic the mm-hmm. notion of Trump changing his stripes at this point is, is there any strategy at all left open to the Republicans to figure out what to do on the, on the Hill mm-hmm. uh, to protect themselves, or are they just for it at this point? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, they did a little a little of this in the 2016 election, and I think it helped a little bit. And that was to, in the House, you'll remember when uh, uh, Paul Ryan, uh, the leader, was, uh, uh, and now the Speaker, uh, worked up a separate agenda for House Republicans to run on. It included what is basically the, the House's version of of the tax cut today, but it was on other issues too. And... It it uh, it provided a separate talking point for Republicans in running for re-election, and I think it probably helped a little. But you know, in a it, it's going to be hard to. Uh, it's it's going not to be issues to do that, that are going again. to be driving yeah, the things it, this yeah. this coming it, year. It is that's that's the problem. It it's not issues driving it, and uh, um, you know, I've talked to many Republicans who meet regularly with Trump. And not people at the White House. They wouldn't tell you what they really think or wouldn't tell me. And and they've asked him to stop tweeting. They've asked him to, you know, please uh, don't, uh, you know, insult senators. We really, it's a, you know, we have a narrow advantage there. We don't want to lose it in 2018. He pays no attention. You know, he's uh, he's his own man and he thinks this is the way to go. You know, there is a distinction here between what got you elected and what makes you a successful president. And uh, Trump has not accepted that uh, distinction. He acts like he's a candidate. And that's hurting him. It's hurting uh, Republicans. And I think it's hurting the country too.
0: Fred Barnes, executive editor of the Weekly Standard. Thanks for joining us on the Confab. And now we welcome to the Confab, joining us by Skype, Mr. Michael Warren, White House correspondent of the Weekly Standard. Michael, how are you?
2: I'm great, Eric. Thanks for having me again.
0: Thanks for being on. Well, we've been talking with Fred Barnes about the uh, election in Virginia and what it means for the GOP. But from your perch, I wonder what the Trump White House is, is saying about the election and what their spin on it is.
2: Well, this probably is no surprise. They're downplaying the importance of, uh, of the Democratic sweeps in Virginia and New Jersey and elsewhere. Um, they're downplaying the importance of the connection to Donald Trump. Um, they're saying that, look, this is sort of normal, that the president's party always faces uh, headwinds, is the term that they're using um, in these Elections in the first year of a presidency and and particularly in Virginia That's almost always been true at least for the last uh, 30 years or so the out party from the White House ends up winning The Virginia uh, governor's race. The only uh, exception was back in 2013 uh, after Barack Obama won re-election uh, Terry McAuliffe the Democrat won narrowly, but won the uh, governorship of Virginia and um, so, so they, they're making that point. They're saying that Virginia is a, basically a, a democratic state and has been trending that way for a while. And so perhaps we shouldn't be surprised. Um, and, and they're saying, you know, that, that there is a problem of uh, Republican enthusiasm in states like Virginia. And, and that's, uh, uh, that is due to frustration with the Republican Congress and the sort of inaction, inability to get uh, the Republican agenda done. Um, you'll notice that there is no, perhaps unsurprisingly, no uh, uh, sort of self-reflection by the White House, certainly not the president himself, um, that, that perhaps this uh, really stunning victory in Virginia is reflective of, uh, of his poor approval ratings, of his uh, own uh, struggles politically, and the fact that there's a lot of uh, people uh, motivated to come out and vote against him and his party.
0: Now, that uh, approval rating is uh, generally about 37, 38 percent, and it's been pretty consistent. Is, is there no mention whatsoever about any need to get that number up?
2: There is that kind of discussion. It's, it's more framed, Eric. In, I think even the White House is uh, sort of aware that it's, um, uh, that it's difficult to uh, uh, tamp down the rancor Uh, from the president's opponents. But what they're looking at are ways to improve uh, the president's own standing and and own enthusiasm among Republicans and Republican-leaning voters. So so I think there is a recognition at the White House and really among Republicans across Washington, you know, on Capitol Hill and and, and elsewhere, uh, that getting something done, and at the moment that appears to be uh, tax reform, these, this uh, set of tax cuts and and reforms to the to, to the uh, uh, the tax code. Uh, that getting something like that done is going to boost uh, enthusiasm for Republicans. Republicans are, are are feeling down in the dumps because they didn't repeal Obamacare because because the president seems to be struggling. Um, has a really only one or two big successes, uh, and those were sort of back at the beginning of the year, and and Republicans are demoralized. So passing tax reform will, uh, I guess, moralize to use, a, to, to use the wrong word for that uh, will get energize uh, Republicans and save them from. Uh, a, a a fate that uh, looks dire right now going into the 2018 cycle which uh, is the midterm cycle and, and, and which now the House uh, of Representatives looks like it could uh, really be in danger.
0: do the Trump people seem to recognize that having six in ten Americans disapprove of the president uh, that that's an electoral challenge uh,
2: I don't know it's it, you're it's it's hard to. It's hard to kind of break through what I think comes from the top in the White House which is uh, a kind of uh, head in the sand belief that the president's getting a bad shake that that, that, that the reason that the president's approval ratings are so poor uh, are, is that um, you know people are out to get him the media, the Democrats uh, even Republicans who uh, oppose Trump um, you know uh, even people uh, like, uh, uh, like Senator Mitch McConnell, who a lot of the president's allies, if not the White House themselves, the president's allies uh, place a lot of blame on. And um, but, again, but, as I said at the beginning, there's no sort of sense of self-reflection. Maybe we need to shake things up or change things. It's more of um, we need to keep going and and get the things that we said we were going to get done. And then all of the political benefits will um, will shower down upon us.
0: In terms of complaining about the president's treatment by the media, it it always seems that that's, you know, trying to find excuses for the situation rather than having a strategy for solving the situation.
2: That's right. I mean, there's no doubt that the, the mainstream media... Um, it, they're not fans of Donald Trump or his his presidency, um, and but this is something that all Republicans deal with at one level or another. Um, the the anger um, toward Trump, this sort of uh, built-in bias, is seems to be stronger um, with Trump than than it is with with past Republicans. Um, but you're absolutely right, Eric, that there's there, there seems to be the 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 strategy seems to be. Uh, double down with the base, the people uh, in, in the Republican Party and something like 88% of Republicans remain loyal to the president. Uh, and then that's the, that's the solution. I mean, they're sort of, it's sort of double down on, uh, on hitting against the president's enemies and sort of providing the most Pollyannish uh, assessment of where the president is um, so you could hold on to that base. Step two is kind of a big question mark, and then step three is, uh, you know, glorious things will happen. Um, I think they're they're missing that second that second step and and, and haven't really uh, thought through. Um, and and of course they're aided in this uh, by I think um, a kind of uh, complacent Republican majority in in Congress, which sort of thinks, uh, I think falsely, the, the White House and Congress both think, well, if we can get tax reform done. Um, then this will save us all. I think there's a deeper problem here which is um, uh, which is compounded by some risks that this tax reform proposal um, uh, brings to the party. I mean they're talking about um, you know uh, 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 shifting uh, deductions around you've got these northeastern Republicans, suburban Republicans uh, who are trying to resist that. Um, nobody really quite knows how it's all going to shake out. And I think they're underestimating the, uh, the need for both the president and Republican leaders to really sell this tax reform proposal and be ready to sell it all year next year. Um, these are, there's just a lot of, uh, of hurdles, even if they sort of, get this MacGuffin, this thing that they're after, which is a a big legislative win. Um, And it's so much harder to do that, to make that public case when you're at 38, 37, 36, in some polls, percent approval for the president.
0: Now, getting tax overhaul done may not bring with it a shower of benefits, but not getting it done is almost certain to bring doom for the Republicans. Um, And in all sorts of ways, I was talking to... um, Somebody who's considering throwing his hat in to run for Senate this year, who's a who would be a strong candidate, um, but he was saying that uh, if the Republicans uh, can't get any tax overhaul done, that they're so hopeless that uh, the the headwinds would be so strong that he wouldn't even get into the race at that point. And so you see there, how there could be all sorts of other effects, not only in public opinion. But a lot of the best candidates deciding they're not even going to get in the race.
2: Uh, and, and it's not just that, Eric. You're also seeing a slew of Republican House retirements um, just in this just this past week. There's been about three or four um, that that have something to do with uh, the the you know some of these are older members pe- members who have been there for a while. Maybe it's um, it's looking like a good time to retire. But, you know, that might reflect a view that uh, they may not be in the majority, uh, you know, a year and a half from now. uh, And better to just hang things up now and try to get this, uh, you know, in this last uh, this last term, something done. uh, That doesn't bode too well either. I think that that's you're right, that that not getting anything done scares off people but there's a there's a risk of doing the wrong thing and sort of well if something must be done then this thing that we're doing uh, is is what must be done um, and again I keep coming back to this which is which is a problem as well and and I think a big reason why Obamacare repealed it and get done which is uh, there's there's no guarantee that the president is going to be able to sell the policy and as with Obamacare repeal, tax reform is big. It's sweeping. It's changing things that affect I mean, really affect practically every American uh, in one way or the other. And you need somebody who's going to be able to go out there and and make the case, make the case for why lowering the corporate tax rate is a, a good thing. Um, you know, I was, Uh, this is a, this is a struggle because you have a a mainstream media that sort of doesn't believe in the conservative view on taxes. Um, and, and so that's already a struggle that they have. Uh, but then you have, um, the president himself saying, uh, apparently to a group of, he was, uh, he's in Asia, uh, this week, but he was speaking on the phone to a group of democratic senators who they're trying to bring on board to this tax reform effort. And, uh, the president made the case that, oh, well, you know, this, um, this uh, this tax reform proposal it's it's going to be really bad for me it's going to really hose the rich um, and uh, I mean uh, this was the quote my accountant called me and said you're going to get killed in this bill the deal is so bad for rich people I had to throw in the estate tax just to give them something um, first of all it's sort of a misunderstanding of the, of the bill that it it, it uh, will actually be a uh, somewhat of a, a cut depending on how you How you factor in deductions uh, for the wealthy, but also Republicans have long argued that you know tax tax cuts for the wealthiest are um, are can help with growth. But you don't you have a president here whose go to sort of argument is uh, not only sort of factually incorrect, uh, but sort of undercuts the uh, the overarching Republican case for the policy. So that 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 I think bodes poorly for. Um, for the Republicans going into uh, what is looking like a very difficult uh, midterm election,
0: I find this fascinating. Though, Mike. do—do you, do you actually think that the president actually spoke to his accountant about how the bill would affect <laughs> him personally? Uh,
2: I have no idea. But I mean, you know what? He said it, and uh, and that's all we can go on. But uh, yeah, it, because there's, it's a little, there's problems it's a little
0: with curious. that. There's. There's a problem if you're talking to your accountant about how legislation is going to affect your own personal wealth, which is why generally people put things in trusts, is to take those questions out of out of hand.
2: <laughs> That's a good point. And we should also remember that uh, we haven't seen Donald Trump's tax returns, so uh, we have no idea whether we can actually judge that. So, um, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty incredible, but it's, uh, it's, it, it, it does fit with the pattern that the president has, which is um, he does uh, tell an audience, in this case, uh, 12 Democratic senators, tells the audience the message they want to hear.
0: Michael Warren, thanks for joining us on The Confab. Thanks, Eric. That's it for The Confab this week. Be sure to tune in to The Confab every week. Just go to iTunes or Google Play for a free subscription, or go to our website, weeklystandard.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Eric Felton. Catch you next time.